listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. 903 on this Friday night of a long weekend. It is going to be a great one. Hope you can get out there and enjoy it. It is the weekend to start the garden growing. It is the weekend where a lot of people will be heading to the cottage, but it's also the weekend where people finally start realizing, oh, there's an election. Oh, it's in like two weeks, but they do start paying attention. And what you're also going to see is a lot of canvassing, a lot of signs going up. Um, Politics is definitely in the air. And one of the things we hear a lot about right now is the millennial vote and a lot of talk about how important it is, certainly more for the liberals and the NDP who seem to inspire a youth vote. They're passionate about their issues. But then there's the other side where we always hear, well, they might be passionate, but do they actually get out and vote? So I thought it was a great idea when I got an email from a young man named Kieran who said, hey, how would you feel about having a couple of young voices on to talk about the issues? And I thought it was a brilliant idea. So we made it happen. And here they are. We've got Kieran Maloney, who is, I guess, uh, volunteering and getting uh, political with the PC side of things. Thomas Fraser, who is uh, trying to help out the liberal side. NDP side. Sorry, sorry, I I did not mean that was not a partisan shot. And Nick Ferreira, who is helping out with the liberals. But that is who you represent. That is who you feel is, you know, um, represents your values. But. Let me start with this, and because, uh, Karen, you got the ball going on this, why are you involved, first of all, at your age, do you mind me asking? My age? I'm 21. And you're all how old? Uh, I am 19. Wow. Same here, 19. 19. What was it that got you politically engaged? Uh, I think for me, it was just seeing the direction of where where things are going. Um, When I talk to people my age, when I talk to my friends at university, uh, the conversations we have often focus around, well, what are we going to do after university? And for me, and for a lot of people I know who've graduated, who are about to graduate, it's really tough out there for young people. It's really tough to find a job. Um, it's a tough climate, and I think that we need some change, and we need some uh, we need some relief uh, on the provincial side, and we need to get things back on track, especially for young people. Um, interestingly, you know, uh, it's one thing to be passionate about about the issues, Nick, but it's it's another thing to actually get up and get involved. What what made you want to get politically involved? Uh, I, well, my first experience. Uh, with politics was way back in grade 10. Um, I'm a little bit of an anomaly in that way that I've been involved since 2014. And I like to kind of talk about why I stayed involved uh, because when I first got involved, it was largely because I was asked to come to a campaign office opening. I didn't know a lot about the liberals or uh, politics back then, but uh, you know, I knew that they aligned with my values. And um, it was once I started to get involved in that campaign and I, and over the last four years as well, I'm progressively more involved that I realized that I really do agree with the value system that's in this party, and I agree with the way that they've gone about implementing those values. Uh, so you look at stuff that the Liberals have done uh, over the last four years, like OHIP Plus, so the free prescriptions program for kids, the free tuition piece for low-income families, uh, raising the minimum wage. So there was those kinds of things that backed up that I already felt, uh, you know, that the Liberal Party shared those values that really kept me involved. And what about you, Thomas? Uh, so I grew up in a fairly political household. You're, you're an East Coaster. I am an East Coaster. I'm from Halifax, Nova Scotia. And so when I was oh, either six or seven, my <laughs> older brother and I uh, wrote a little letter to our MLA, who is an NDPer named Howard Epstein. And we weren't really expecting a response. And even not just a male response from our MLA, Mr. Epstein. What we actually got was him coming to our door and sitting down and talking to us about how happy he was to get a letter from young kids who were interested in politics. So that sort of got the ball rolling on that. And I was a little bit involved with the NDP in Nova Scotia, including in the provincial election in Nova Scotia that happened just last May. Well, it, but do you take after your parents? I mean, are you all politically aligned 
with what your parents vote or or have any of you strayed from let's say you know maybe your parents are cons- i can't see your parents being conservative but i mean are you all following kind of in your parents footsteps right now uh my parents have generally sort of been a, a liberal ndp swing and okay. have uh come more to the ndp in the past couple of years uh for me uh my parents have been liberal for their lives but they never um advertised it they never actually told me who they voted for up until maybe three years ago once i started actually getting involved with the liberals so for they really let me uh figure that all out on my own and what about you i, I think for me we talk we talk about young people not getting involved in politics i think a lot of older people aren't getting involved in politics either and i think think that's the case for for my family and uh it's just not something that really uh, is something that we're they're super partisan they're not super interested in politics and uh yeah that's interesting. Um, but you, you do hear, and look, to be in politics, you have to start young. Everybody I know who has gone into politics and really kind of um, become made a career of it, they all start very, very young. Do They go to their, their camps, the political camps, and, and they entrench themselves in it. And that's what they want to make their life out of. Do you all expect at some point, and I'll start with you, uh, Thomas, do you expect to run at some point or do you want to work behind the scenes? Uh, well, I'm not sure. That would be something that's definitely pretty far down the line. But I'm not sure I fully accept the premise that most people who end up in politics are really planning on that from the get-go. When I think about the NDP candidates here in Toronto, I'm looking at a lot of people who come from a background of grassroots activism, yep. who in fact came upon politics later in life. I'm thinking, for instance, of Jessica Bell in University Rosedale, who came, first of all, from Australia, and then into a background in transit activism in Toronto, and then was brought into politics subsequently. Or Suze Morrison in Toronto Centre, who did housing activism in Regent Park, and then was brought into the NDP fold. Yeah, I we, certainly see that more on the left, where you get the activism, then they turn into. Uh, but anybody, I think, when they get into politics, they start from a very young age because it, it takes a long time to learn, you know, and, and develop the skills. Whether you run and or get behind the scenes to do uh, polling, you know, s- doing all the the, the mm-hmm. policy, the real, real hard, yep. uh, hard work. Um, I want to know what it is. Um, and I don't know if I can make a generalization as to where young people are today, but I'll start with you, um, Nick, as far as what do you hear from from your friends, from young people uh, about getting involved as far as voting? I mean, they talk about the issues. Are they going to get out and vote? Well, that's a really good question. And I think you highlighted it in your opening that, uh, you know, the millennial vote is going to be such a factor here potentially because for the first time ever um, – the number of eligible voters that are part of the millennial cohort is larger than the baby boomer population. Again, you said, are they going to get out and vote? That's the question. Um, from what I've been hearing from my friends, uh, who, friends who, when I was in high school, they didn't understand why I was politically involved. They under, didn't understand why I supported the liberals. Um, what I've been hearing fr- from them recently is that um, they're really intrigued by some of the stuff that the liberals have been doing. Really. So like they, the like free the, they like the free stuff. Well... <laughs> You know what? It's helping people out. I have three friends personally that are are benefiting uh, from the expansion of OSAP. Uh, a friend who, and I'm not going to disclose his name because no. I haven't asked him. But uh, <laughs> um, you know, his dad. When we were in grade twelve, uh, dad lost his job yeah. and uh, was started to get really stressed about whether or not he was going to be able to afford a university. And uh, when that was announced, um, you know, it. it the stress that was just off his shoulders, I could see like visibly, like when he walked around uh, school, like it was something that I went immediately and told him because I, obviously I was involved at that point. But that was something that excited him. And then there's been there have been other friends that uh, have gone away to university uh, and only now started to really follow politics and really have enjoyed, um, you know, 
stuff like the minimum wage increase. Right. Um, Even though yeah. you may not get hired because those part-time jobs have been eliminated by a lot of companies. Well, so I'm going to put you on the spot okay. a little bit yeah. because you can't ignore the headlines. They've been in power, the Liberals, for 15 years. There's right. no question there's a lot of anger. I'm sure you're hearing it when you're out helping candidates and doing your thing. You must hear that. Do you think ever, okay, wait a second, we're way beyond our means. Do you think of things like deficits? Do you think of things like debt? Do you worry about who's going to pay for all this stuff? Because it's going to be you. I don't worry about it, and I'll, I'll tell you why. And, and this is—you've kind of mentioned a bunch of stuff in your right. in your in your question there. But to bring it back to debts and deficits, um, I look at why are we in debt—the amount that we are right now—and it's two reasons. The first reason is that uh, we went through the Great Recession, and that was something that most economies around the world had to deal with. Um, you know, the federal government, which was conservative at the time, had to uh, go heavily into deficit uh, spending to also help us get out of that jam. Uh, then the second reason, and I think particular, this applies to Ontario particularly, is that uh, under the years of Mike Harris... Oh, don't uh, go back. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, but, oh, no, give, me give me a sec. Give me a second. All right, well, give that gives me, me permission it's... to go back to Bob Ray, but okay. <laughs> Bob Ray's a liberal. I just like to put Let, that out well, there. Well, listen. What's that? Bob Ray's a liberal. <laughs> well, he wasn't back then. No, he was not back then. Um, anyways, under Mike Harris, Mm -hmm. he, the cuts that he made um, to hospitals, to schools, and to all of our social services basically meant that they were in a state of disrepair, especially our schools. You know who uh, gave that liberals... to him, right? It was a liberal. No. Uh, Martin. But anyway, okay. I don't want well, to know the issues. Anyways, is is debt and all that, does that, yeah, so I'm, yeah, we can I'm blame getting... any past government. So there's lots of blame to go around. But do you, as a young voter, knowing that you're going to be living for the next 60, 70 mm -hmm. years, you're going to have to pay for this. Does that bear in your mind when you vote? Yeah, I understand we're going to have to pay for it. But the reason I'm okay with it is because the spending that the liberals have done and when i've looked at it it makes sense economically because it's going to pay down down the, pay off down the road so stuff like free preschool yeah it's you know people get caught up on the oh yeah it's free how are we going to pay for it for every dollar that's invested in free preschool <laughs> i think kieran's about to have a heart attack <laughs> <laughs> hold up hold up every dollar that's invested in pre free preschool mm -hmm. the return on economic output is 2.5 dollars because those moms can now afford to go back to work and contribute to the economy. When you're investing in stuff like infrastructure, a dollar that you put towards, uh, you know, a dollar that the government is investing in infrastructure is going to pay off down the road for a dollar sixty. Yeah. So it's those kinds of things that, you know, it's not just handing out free things and and crossing our fingers that everything's going to turn out okay. It's actually basing these policies decisions on facts uh, and figuring out how this is going to work down the road. Okay, I I'm going to get to you, Karen. I promise. I've got to hit I'm a break, sure but I want to get give a word you, in. I know why well, I think he's <laughs> going to climb off this chair across the table. But Thomas, just before we go to the break, I'll give you about a minute. Do you worry about the debt? Because you're you're supporting a party that goes way further even than the Liberals in spending. Is that something that you think about? Yeah, so I was actually just wanting to jump in while Nick was talking now. There's only one platform that I'm seriously concerned about this question of where does the money come from? And that's the Progressive Conservative platform, where you have Doug Ford talking about incredible spending into infrastructure and transit, but you don't get no sense of where the money is going to come from. He claims he's not going to bring cuts, but where is that money coming from? What we have on the NDP side, yeah, we have big promises to address the affordability crisis that's facing this province, but we have a fully costed platform which neither of the other parties can say that they have. So Nick is talking You're about... Oh, okay. Nick, Sorry, Nick, Nick, Nick I'll is, let you jump in. I've, yeah. I've got to take a break, finish off your point, and then I'm going to jump out to a break, and then we'll come back and finish this. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Nick is talking about all these, these free things that the Liberals are bringing out, which sounds lovely on the surface, but when you look deeper beneath them, they're actually only for a small segment of the population. What the NDP is looking to target with, again, a fully costed platform with clear demarcation as to where the money is coming from is addressing the like skyrocketing cost of living in this province, in Toronto and in other cities across uh, Ontario. Okay. 
you've got your points in. I know that Kieran is champing at the bit here to get his say. So I'm going to take a quick break here and we'll continue this conversation because tonight we're finding out what young people are concerned about, how they see the views. They certainly have been doing their homework. Kieran Maloney joining me, Nick Ferreira, as well as Thomas Fraser on a Friday night. We'll pick up this conversation after this quick break. I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point here on Global News Radio. Now, back to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. 919 on this Friday. We are having an interesting discussion because I think uh, one of the more important parts of what will happen on June 7th might come from what we know as the millennial vote. The young people who are very passionate about their causes, they believe in the causes, but will they get out and vote? So we wanted to bring them in and get a bunch of different perspectives. And so I'm joined by Kieran Maloney, Nick Ferreira, and Thomas Fraser. I didn't know you guys didn't know each other. I thought you were all buddies. Now I'm hearing that you're all just completely independent, but you came together. And Kieran, you're champing at the bit to respond because we know the position of both Nick and Thomas. Where are you at? What What is important to you? Maybe not the candidates, but the issues. What do you worry about? What I, what I worry about is this. I, I think what my, my candidates or my, my colleagues here put forward are very valid points, but I would say this. The NDP and the Liberals in this election, when they're speaking to millennials, they're talking about care and they're talking about compassion. Young people aren't necessarily going to vote on the pocketbook issues. They're not going to vote on the deficit. They will vote where they think compassion and care are. But I would say this, and this is what I say to my friends who aren't political when I talk to them. You know, there's nothing compassionate about what Kathleen Wynne and Andrea Horwak want to do to, to want to do to our province. There's nothing compassionate about burdening our generation with billions and billions of dollars in debt. There's nothing compassionate about this this tax and spend agenda that's going to mean we can't find jobs, we can't buy a house, and we can't have the quality of life that our our parents had. Let me ask you this: as a conservative, do you hear that you're the mean one a lot? I mean, do you? Guys over on the left, do you, do you look at the conservatives and just think that they're uncaring? I don't get that sense that it's gen- like when you think a, of conservatives, of, you say, "Oh, care. they don't care. They're just greedy. They just want to make money." No, I, I think that you know th- there is obviously clearly a fiscal focus from my colleague over here, which is understandable, and that's a trade. But that it, it's it's not a fiscal focus. It, it's not a fiscal focus at all. I mean, you guys are talking about the programs. When we talk about the deficit, these aren't numbers on a spreadsheet. The deficit means that in 10 years, you want to talk about compassion? When we want to take care of our seniors, our most vulnerable, we want to take care of our sick people, our children in school, we're not going to be able to in 10 years because we're spending more on debt repayment. We can't do it now. I mean... You know, well, we can't. There, there are seniors, including my stepdad, who just passed away and, and waited on a waiting list uh, to die. And, and that's the thing about senior cares. You can't wait to die. You can't be put on a list. That's the, the workings of... No, the, the, well, that's, that's the problem we're running into as the baby boomers age. I just wanted to uh, jump back to your point on, uh, I believe it was uh, the debt repayments, uh, Kieran. Like, from my under- as I understand it, uh, we're spending less of a percentage of the budget now to service the debt when we were under my cares. The fact of the matter... A billion dollars a month goes just to I'm paying not saying, off. I'm not saying the total the amount. I'm saying the percentage item. of the budget. It's the third line yeah, item in the Ontario the budget. budget. But it's interesting that, that you view it like that. But, not but, that I view but it, on, that, that's, a, that, that's true. Well, no, we spend a billion dollars to service outrageous debt that is just exploding. I'm not, I'm not disputing that fact. I'm disputing... Right. 
as a percentage of the total Ontario budget, how much is actually being spent towards servicing the debt is less now than it was and, under and, and this Harris is what years. I say to young people. This is this is liberals. This is the liberal arrogance. <laughs> this is twisting it. This is numbers on a spreadsheet. It's not twisting it. This oh. is not about a political ideology. This is not about some obtuse ideology. This is about the future. This is about our generation. What kind of quality of life are we going to have in Ontario when we're spending more money paying back the indulgences of Kathleen Wynne than we are in taking care Would of seniors? Would you be okay paying in your generation, let's say in the next 10 years, would you be okay paying service fees uh, and having a two-tier medical system? I'll start with you, Thomas. Having a two-tier medical yeah. system in terms of uh, privatizing part of our medical system? Yeah. Absolutely not. The uh, universal healthcare system that we have in Ontario and in Canada beyond it is probably the most central pillar of our social democracy. Right, but if, if when anything, it doesn't if, work, it, when it, it doesn't work and we can't fund it, I mean, where do you think we should go with it? If well, the we issue is that we need it. to be taxing the highest earners more so that we can increase funding to things such as healthcare. So I'm left with the question here. You know, Kieran's over here saying that it's not compassionate to be uh, focusing on these sorts of programs. Can, that's, Kieran, that's can you, can you, what, can you explain to me where the compassion is in where, making people f- choose between getting the food they need to live or paying for their prescription medication? What is medication? rich to you? Like, what would you say is rich? Like, what do you think is wealth? How much do you have to be making to be rich? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Like if you had to pull the, a figure, like when you look at someone and say, well, they must be rich, what is rich to you? 200,000, 100,000, 50,000, like what's rich? I think rich is being in a position where you can live incredibly comfortably without having to worry about. But is that millions? So I'm going to. I'm just going to. Sorry, I'm just, sorry, I'm just going to yeah. jump in here for a sec. I, I was just going to say, Tom. Like I, we agree, I think on on our set of values. I think we generally agree that uh, you know we should be ta- government exists to use the premier's line. Government exists uh, to help out those uh, you know that can't help themselves and and to help uh, those Kathleen that are less fortunate friends. in our society. It, Okay, keep going, keep going, okay, keep going, because I don't, I, I don't want to get lo- bogged no, into the weeds, because no, no, I really want to know where, where no, I was just gonna, come at this I was from. just going to say that, uh, like, I agree from a value standpoint with, with Tom on probably most issues. Uh, where we disagree is how to implement them, um, and, that's, and that's just a difference of opinion on, uh, you know, when you look at whether or not having a plan to implement something or, or not. In my personal opinion, that's how I view the NDP platform. When you look at stuff like the free prescriptions. It's not free, um, by the way. I, I say that very facetiously, and maybe I throw the word around, but it's not free. We do pay for it. Yes. An extraordinary we amount pay, of we tax. Don't pay for Taxes it. are exchanged for goods and services. And so when I so, hear uh, that we're going to tax the rich, I'm like, well, am I rich? I, I, don't, I don't have any money left in my bank at the end of my paycheck, but most, you know, you might look at me and say, well, you have a car, so you must be rich. I just, I, that's what I worry yeah. about, so, is that we're dividing yeah, so when, people. So when... Tom is talking about taxing the rich more to implement all of these policies now, right? That, that is something that, obviously, as liberals, we have we don't agree with because, listen, the economy is doing well right now, despite what the conservatives keep saying. And so to screw with depends, it in that it sense... It depends on yeah. where you live. It depends on where you live. No, fair enough. No, fair enough. Uh, but overall, you know, doing very well. Um and so to mess with that now would probably be uh, a little bit irresponsible, especially when you're talking about increasing small business taxes, uh, you know, just increasing taxes in general. The Liberals over the last four or five years have not increased tax. I know you're going to talk about the carbon tax, but have not increased taxes. Can I? Other tax. than that, um, on on your average job. Well, th- so, yeah, but they have they have raised the price on everything else, whether it's your driver's license or it's your emissions tests that you have to get. They nickel and dime us at various levels, and the cap-and-trade is very big. If, if, I, if I could jump in on the issue, yes. and again, this goes back to my initial point of the Liberals and the NDP are going to target youth about compassion, and that's what this panel's about. It's about youth. So they're going to say to young people, the Liberals and the NDP, hey, we're going to prioritize climate change. Young people care about climate change. I care about climate change. 
the NDP and the Liberals are going to say, we're introducing a price on carbon to help the environment. That is the biggest slap in the face to climate change. That is smoke and mirrors. You guys are going to introduce a new tax on top of your cap and trade system, which is a disaster, to increase funding for Kathleen Wynne's, you know, meat grinder in Queens Park, and you're going to churn out, you know, new new green te- new green uh, programs by the government, and you're not going to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Well, let or- me ask you. I mean. Climate change, when you ask the pollsters, comes in at number eight. And and overwhelmingly, new polling shows that people in Ontario look at it as a cash grab. Does that resonate with you at all? Or is climate so important to you because that's what you've been taught? I think young voters have a tendency to care about climate more than voters of an older generation. Why? Um, Well, honestly, we're the ones who are going to have to live in a world that's increasingly warm, increasingly prone to natural disasters. So climate change is an issue that that speaks more to a younger generation because we're the ones who are going to have to live in a far more volatile climate going forwards. So when we talk about climate issues, and Kieran here has mentioned that, you know, carbon tax and cap and trade isn't the answer. I'm left wondering what the PC plan to tackle climate change really is. If if I could answer the question... Quickly, uh, the, 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 the answer from the PCs is this, is that right now in Ontario, as you talk about taxing the wealthy, there's no incentive for any green tech firm, any any company wants to innovate to come to Ontario. So the PCs are going to make Ontario a place where green tech, where people can innovate, where people can find solutions, and we don't have to be reliant on fossil fuels anymore. So, I've only got like a, about a minute and a half. I really want to yeah. know, each of you, I'll give you like 30 seconds each. Right. What, what do you want young people or those out there to know before they vote on June 7th? What's the big thing for you taking it to the poll? The question they should ask. All right, start the timer now. What I want young people to know going into June 7th is, well, what I know young people already know is that cost of living in this province is exorbitant and becoming increasingly unsustainable. When you think about the prices of tuition, the prices of rent, the prices of prescriptions, that's becoming increasingly unsustainable for an overwhelming uh, proportion of Ontarians across the board, but also specifically of young Ontarians. What the ONDP platform offers is solutions to specifically those issues of cost of living and in a way that has been specifically costed within our platform in a ways in which, yeah, the Liberals are offering their own solutions, which are actually limited. They don't go to the full extent, whereas we have fully costed solutions to cost of living issues, which I think are the biggest issues facing young voters What right is now. the question young people uh, or voters should be taking to the poll as far as you're concerned? Well, I think what they should be looking at when they head to the polls is which, what, who is the party and who is the premier that has consistently, or leader rather, uh, that has looked consistently uh, at youth and pus- uh, consistently put youth at the table, put youth issues on the table. I mean, I've mentioned some stuff already, uh, especially in my opening, stuff like the OHIP Plus program, like increasing the minimum wage, like the free tuition piece for low-income kids. Um those are all things that are helping out young people and helping them get the skills that they need to succeed later on in life and really making sure that everyone has an equal playing field um, and equal opportunities to succeed in life. Um, and so that's what I would, I would really stress is look at the track record. Who has really put an emphasis on youth over the last four years? And Karen? Look at the track record. Great. Um, I, I, w- I would say that young people should ask themselves what they want to see in five years. When you are when you're done your degree, when you're done wherever you're at, what kind of province do you want to live in? Do you want to live somewhere where you can get a job, earn a salary, and buy a home? Or do you want to live in a province under Kathleen Winner, Andrea Horwack, where you're gonna pay fifty percent of your income to the government, where you can't afford to buy a home, and when you're and when the public services are gonna be decrepit because we're servicing our debt to the tunes of tens of billions and we're not able to pay and take care of the most vulnerable people? That's what you should ask yourself in this election. I wish I had more time. I think you guys are fantastic. I don't care what your views are. I'm just glad that you have them. 
I'm glad that you actually take time from your lives to be involved. And uh, I thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. Thanks for having us, Alex. That is Karen Maloney joining us, Nick Ferreira, as well as Thomas Fraser, joining me on a Friday night of a long weekend, I might add, to talk politics and uh, helping out in campaigns and getting involved. It's pretty impressive. Thank you. And I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.